Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. At the behest of Princess Cleopatra, Evangeline, Sheriff Cross, and the bounty hunter Val Miller sought out Doris's help in tracking down Evangeline's sire. Doris's tarot reading led them all to take a giant metal beast in the sky to Vancouver, but Cross made it clear that under Camarilla law, only Val and Evangeline would be permitted to take violent action. Will Evangeline's first hunt end in the vengeance she craves? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. The four members of this erstwhile coterie are approaching the Blackthorn Haunt the next night. Now, we know uh, Evangeline and Val are packing heat. They've both got <laughs> silver loaded, silver bullet-loaded guns and silver stakes, as well as the gloves to be able to handle those weapons. Sheriff, I'm imagining you always have a, a six-shooter full of silver bullets. I think so. Doris. Would you be carrying any kind of weapon, knowing you're going into theoretically hostile territory, but you're not supposed to hurt anyone or do any violent acts? I, I don't know. This is the joy of Doris. Absolutely not. Perfect. I follow, I follow what uh, the authorities tell me to do. Plus, my mind is my weapon. I love all of that. Uh, knowing you're also trying to keep a relatively low profile, theoretically, as you are not, for example, the sheriff of this, what are each of you wearing for this we're going to attend a haunt, not murder people adventure uh, at the Blackthorn Haunt? The frilliest, pinkest dress imaginable. Perfect. Is there a hat? Is a hat a later of affectation for Doris? Of course there's a hat, Ryan. I know. I'm just checking so I can picture it. Um, I think it's kind of like a witch's hat with a little pink bobble at the top. Mm, very good. Very good. Val, does this change your look at all? I don't know if it does. I I really don't think it does. I think the only change would just be probably wearing military cargo pants to hide lots of weapons and things in. And then just the normal shirt, black shirt and the, the jean vest, but hiding the guns and all that stuff in some pants with more pockets. Perfect. Sheriff, what are you wearing to try to blend in so you're not in a sheriff's uniform? Uh, actually, I think because it's Halloween, he's wearing a cowboy costume so he can open carry his revolver. <laughs> <laughs> I nice. really thought you were going to go, actually, he's also wearing a hot pink dress, and I got really yeah. excited for a second. I'm sorry. Next Halloween. <laughs> Okay. And I thought uh, he might have still been wearing his sheriff's outfit as a costume. So there's options. And there. I thought yeah. he was just going to be dressed like Everett. So there you go. Yeah. Evangeline, what are Hi. you wearing for this search, takedown, vengeance, etc.? Uh, Evangeline is wearing kind of her her classic weekend clothes that she would pack in a hurry, which is just 
uh, straight leg jeans with like pair of comfortable running shoes uh, and uh, like a hoodie or probably a mm, like a royal blue colored hoodie over a t-shirt. Great. You all look haunt ready in various ways and you are approaching the haunt, which is very similar for you, Evangeline, to the setup you'd seen previously, only a lot more official and in place. When you'd gone to the Blackthorn Haunt, it was very much a pop-up style event, it had appeared. Whereas when you are approaching this version of the Blackthorn Haunt, it is in a rundown neighborhood at the edge of town. It is the same kind of warehouse centrally, only you can see that fencing has been set up surrounding this area with barbed wire at the top, clearly to keep people out who are trying to get in for free. And there are security areas to allow people to enter. Uh, You all approach... You are scanned with the metal wands to see what metal detection is. Val, I'm imagining, goes first because Val is Val. Uh, And it is an interesting circumstance because the security consists of other kindred that you would recognize, Val, uh, just just easily spotting them. They're very personable. And the things they are collecting are actually cell phones and anything that can take a video or a picture. They do find your weapon, but because you are also visibly a vampire, you get to keep it. They don't take the gun. They don't even try. You're all just waved Mm. through, and you don't have to pay because you are all vampires. This all just happens around you. It is a bit odd, Mm. but it's one of those, like, "Eh, don't tempt fate when you don't have to. Once you get inside, though, you immediately understand why they could not have any form of photo or video evidence because this entire thing is a masquerade breach. You would know this, Hmm. Sheriff. Doris, it would make you equally uncomfortable. Val, it's definitely a red flag. Evangeline, you don't know that much about being vampires. But you had seen a lot of these styles of performance at your previous time at the Blackthorn Haunt. They'd stood out. So you're seeing fire eating, you're seeing juggling, you're seeing feats of strength. But for the four of you, you're also now seeing close-up magic that is clearly only possible because of vampiric speed. You're able to tell that it's vampires who are doing the strength. It's all the stuff that would have to be faked in any other traditional circus event, only they're really doing it all, and in ways that are very much impressing the, the throngs of people that are around. Mm-hmm. But to all of you, this is one piece of video away from blowing a masquerade open, which is huge, dangerous, and for the sheriff and Doris, maybe Val, but the sheriff most of all, the craziest thing is that this is being allowed to continue in a semi-permanent fashion. If this was a pop-up, which you'd expect for the Card family, sure, they'd show up, they'd break the rules, they'd move on, they can get away with that. But for them to have been set up long enough that they have flyers in hotels and to have permanent fencing around and they've clearly had a time to, to build the building and stay, they've got the blessing of someone local. And to break mm. this many of the Camarilla's laws and be a permanent fixture suggests there's something fucky going on in Vancouver. And Sheriff, you know that there has not been word from the royalty of Vancouver to permit this mission to occur. It's been a bit of a blackout zone and nobody knows why. And this suggests something very disturbing and strange is happening. I don't want to put you on the spot, Ryan, but do Please I do. know who the royalty in Vancouver are or is? One of the challenges with the blackout is you can't be sure. A number of different uh, 
kingdoms. I don't know the exact term for this or the, the different cities, the, the major players. One of the reasons why you'd have a blackout is if power has changed hands in a somewhat unexpected or violent fashion. Traditionally, if it was a political coup, there would be announcements of who the new ruler is, or if somebody had died and there was kind of internecine warfare going on, somebody would have contacted Cleopatra to be like, hey, I could really use your endorsement. That's a big part of the political game. The fact they haven't heard from anybody suggests like there could be a civil war, there could have been an assassination and multiple groups are warring to try to take control, or something so bad has happened that they just don't want the rest of the Camarilla to know until they've resolved yeah. what's in town. It's not good. Uh, and it means anybody you would have normally trusted in this environment, you can't get in touch with. The sheriff, everybody else has either been out of touch, possibly dead, possibly fled. Because if you fuck up and your whole city is like, oops, masquerade breach, all all vampires, and you're in charge, you got to get out of there because they'll kill you for yeah. being the person asleep at the wheel. Mm -hmm. So okay. that's just a big weight for you, sheriff. Everybody else is, is really on this mission. So, Evangeline, you're recognizing the crowds here. You're seeing the things that you saw before. And that same hellmouth exists uh, at the center of the Blackthorn haunt. One of the challenges that you have with hunting down the Card family is that no one has consistent images of the Card family. It is known that there are four of them. And it is known mm. that they all have tattoos on their hands of a king of each of the suits. Evangeline, you remember the king of clubs. That is yeah. your sire the term that you would have only learned during these plane rides. But that is the the big bad, but the card family all work together. So they're, they are in no particular order, Gunther, Hart, Victor, and Rolf. They're all gangrels. They're all part of the same line. Uh, and as you're looking around the crowd, you're not seeing a lot of what you would guess are gangrels. You're seeing very stereotypical Ventru, mm -hmm. Nosferatu are able to walk around openly. A couple of Toreadors you would imagine with uh, the different artistic ventures of kind of selling paintings or even doing caricatures and things like that seems a more Toreador activity. Um, but you haven't seen any gangrels wandering around. What do you all want to do? Uh, Evangeline wants to look at everyone and be told what to do because <laughs> she has no fucking clue uh after taking all of this malpractice in hmm. sheriff will uh look to evangeline kind of realizing like we've got a job to do here and and you know the sooner we find these this card family the better because this thing is a powder keg of information um he'll look to evangeline and he'll say uh, um all right now, Evangelina, tell us again how that night went down and when and where you were attacked. Was it on the grounds here, somewhere during this haunted uh, house experience, or yeah, did it yeah, happen the, after? The, the first, well, it was like twice. The first time it was inside, uh, and there were like these weird like beasts monster things that were like crawling weirdly like on the walls and the ceilings and one of them bit me but then the bite mark disappeared so i don't even know what the hell that was and then like later when i was going home like an, the guy with the tattoo confronted me in the alley and then that's 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 when the rest of it happened right, eventually can you there. roll Oh, I was going to say, can you roll me a wits and a cult? 
Sure. Uh, how much hunger do I have, Ryan? Uh, you will all have... Uh, well, do you know what? Let's roll your rouse checks <laughs> for, for this night, and then we will know the answer. Okay. Six. Seven. Ten. Okay. Eight. All right, you all pass. You all Look only have one go. hunger. Uh, your, your flight costs you nothing because okay. of your very comfortable nest in the basement or everyone having a nice time in your seats up top. <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, the basement. <laughs> the uh, basement of the plane, uh, as they call the plane, it. Yeah. Uh, wits and occults. Uh, one success. One success. I will say you've been a vampire for long enough. Um, you wouldn't have thought of this necessarily on your own time, but as you say it aloud, you remember every time you've licked a wound on Teddy, it's closed up and become invisible. So yeah. right now you realize, oh shit, you do actually know how they bit you and it went away. Yeah. I don't and know if that sense. comes out loud, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, she'll, yeah, I, th I think in, yeah, in that moment she'll be like, oh shit, it did. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I was. Yeah, I didn't imagine it. I didn't imagine it. It bit me in there. No, no, Evan Evangeline, of course not. I, we're taking you at, at your word, at, at face value. I understand uh, a lot of this is probably quite new and strange for you, but this is, uh, this is how that part of the journey goes. I just want to confirm, Ryan, that getting bitten twice makes sense for turning someone, right? No. So how turning no? okay. works in Vampire the Masquerade, and this is a little bit of a spin on it, but generally speaking in Vampire the Masquerade, the way people are officially sired or turned or made child or whatever uh, <laughs> is the vampire basically fully drains somebody, feeds mm -hmm. them some of their blood, and then buries them. Uh, okay. is how it would be formally done. It is a politically a very big deal. You essentially take ownership of that person and all of their actions until they are declared an adult functionally by the prince or princess or prinks of your area. Uh, and then they get to move forwards. For Evangeline, uh, you would know this, Sheriff Cross. She was functionally bitten in an alley, uh, has no memory of being fed blood, and woke up in the alley having murdered someone. Uh, the first night is traditionally immediately a hunger frenzy, so usually as somebody who is trying to actually sire a vampire, you would have a person to be murdered or a source of blood so that they could maintain some level of control over themselves. Evangeline was just fed and kind of abandoned in an alley and then attacked someone and took off. Uh, okay. you, you found that body and just didn't know who the hell did it until the the uh, accident that involved the murder at the TV station. Okay, so the attack in the haunted house was not part of the ritual per se. It was just an event. Yeah, you don't yeah, know okay. if that's the vampire yeah. who bit her. You don't know if it was a okay. different vampire. Uh, all you know is attacked in haunted house, left property, attacked off property. Got but it. you also know while she was on the property, there were news cameras rolling. Right, okay, okay. Doris, what were you going to say? I was just going to say I'm very uncomfortable being here. Any particular reason why, Doris, or just there a general... There are a lot of laws being broken. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. I just did. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> and Doris, you would be also slightly freaked out because having heard stories of vampires climbing walls... You know that as a Tremere ability, which means the pyramid may be present or someone working with the pyramid oh, may have a connection at this fuck. event. And Cleopatra right. is not here. Yes. No, she's not. 
Um, there might be others like me here, Sheriff Cross. And um, not to get into too much detail, but that could end very bloodily for me. And uh, I like to stay, have my blood stay inside. Yeah, unlike so. Everett, Sheriff Cross, you'd actually be aware of this. Doris is like kidnapping victim most wanted to the pyramid anywhere on the planet. Yeah, right, she, okay. she's an active most wanted. It's why Cleopatra kind of keeps her around as a source of amusement, but also a statement of power. Uh, you really do not want to leave Doris alone at this event. Yep. I don't suppose <laughs> they have a snuggle palace here that I could hide out in. No, 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 no hiding, Doris. What we're going to do is stick together. Nobody's splitting off. All right, Doris, you and I are forbidden from committing any acts of violence because we are representatives of Princess Cleopatra's Camarilla. I cannot guarantee that if someone drops from the ceiling and tries to abduct me, sir. Well, we're going to do our best, but what we do have is Evangeline and Val here who are not in any official capacity representatives of Princess Cleopatra and are therefore armed and allowed to defend us, which is why we need to stick together. Do you understand? Of course. Uh, Miss Miller, if I may, um, I find that it's much harder to climb walls if you don't have any arms. Val does not reply because Val is busy very much concentrating on the room, especially as Sheriff Cross decided to have this conversation with Evangeline amongst all of this. Everyone's a vampire. Everyone can hear really well. So she's watching everybody else to see, okay, is anyone taking notice? Is anyone talking to anyone else or giving information? She's trying to figure out if there's other people who's contacting them or what, because obviously most of these are performers, but there has to be like security vampires around too. So she's just trying to scope all of this out while they're all talking. We are in a rare circumstance, Val, where you have done a, a very smart thing and you have all of the tools to do so. Uh, I will allow you to pick your attribute and pick your skill that you are using to try to identify who may be watching because this is a perfect trap to try to catch which vampire is trying to be clever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to go with composure awareness. Love which it. I think makes sense. And if that's nice. what she's doing, that's why she's like not even replying. I almost feel like it's when like a dog gets a scent and they just get really <laughs> still. <laughs> that that's what she's doing right now. All right, so here's uh, wits or no composure and awareness. Yes. Okay. Let's see what we can do. Here. I got three successes. Three successes. See, normally that wouldn't work, hmm. but this is a pretty perfect ambush, and he just dropped the name of a princess who is not of this region as being an official agent, which is its own red flag. Uh, you spot what looks like a very stereotypical, from the movie Nosferatu, Nosferatu, <laughs> wearing a floor-length coat that I would describe as a mixture between uh, Neo's coat in The Matrix and Pinhead's coat in Hellraiser. Ooh. It is floor-length leather, it is covered in runes. Uh, and you can see a name tag that just says the organizer. And when the organizer hears Sheriff Cross say the name Princess Cleopatra, you spot this figure just slowly turning around and just trying to walk away, glancing back over their shoulder towards your group. What do you do? Val will, like a, like a dog on the hunt, just start stalking over to that vampire and try to... She realizes this place is a powder keg, so she's not going to be super crazy, but she's going to try to get right up next to him and, like, follow 
like get alongside him, like not lose this guy. He is heading towards a raised watchtower, like the kind you would see in a forest area, for lack of a better term. But you can see that it is the central security hub at the end. It can oversee the whole area. And when he sees you closing in, he's starting to pick up his pace towards this security base. What do you do? Um, yeah, I think at that point, if it's, if it's, you are in the midst of a crowd again, it's not like it's, it's sparse. You're in a crowd, but yeah, I think as he gets closer, she's going to try to just grab his arm and push him against a wall and let let him get any further. Great. So you grab him, you throw him against the side of a booth, uh, security, actually let's, let's roll for this one. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would love to get a dexterity and a subterfuge because there's no question you could overpower this fleeing Nosferatu, but there is a question of, can you do it without security noticing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yay, and I have better dexterity, because this is old Val, not, Correct. <laughs> not the stuff that I've done. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna surge, because, and just add, trying to add a dice Great. to this. That's a, that's a rouse check. You auto you automatically get the die. It's just a question of, what does it cost? It costs. I am hungrier now, but uh, so, alright. So I'm rolling, and then I add the hunger to the next roll, right? Or yes. do I add it to this roll? Okay. Um, no, you'll add it to this roll, but you get the die either way. There's okay. there's no downside to it. Oh, I got <laughs> four successes. All of them. All of success. Nice. Oh, and you, and you beat this this weaselly little turd by <laughs> one. So <laughs> he almost gets a cry out to security until you wrap a hand over his mouth and he's pinned there. Uh, and you're lucky it's a bar area. So you have a number of very large, very loud. It, it's almost a construction worker group. You're not sure, but it looks very blue collar, big, heavy guys drinking a lot all around you. Just loud as shit. It would be hard for even an immortal to overhear this. Uh, the rest of you have seen Val disappear, uh, and, but not in a way that, like, she's gone. You realize she's over there and has a Nosferatu pinned against this thing. Evangeline, you would recognize the organizer. This is the person who sent you into the, the Blackthorn Haunt. Yeah. Same, same person who was your host uh, that fateful night some time ago. Do you guys go over? Do you stay where you are? What do you do? Doris is trying to look as inconspicuous as possible. Um... So, like, in her mind, she's just, like, remaining perfectly still as if if no one, if she stays really still and no one can see her in her frilly pink dress and witch hat. Fabulous. For anyone else, Doris looks like the best version of a street performer you've ever seen where they try to become <laughs> a statue because she is undead and is thus flawlessly still head to toe. She is a statue right now. Okay. Does does Evangeline say or do anything seeing this this guy? Yeah, Evangeline's kind of like it's like doesn't know what the fuck Doris is doing, but like she's that does, won't change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't matter because she's just recognized this guy, so she's going to like uh like march over to him with like her finger out like to put it in his face and be like you like, she's going to go right up to him, like, standing, like, shoulder to shoulder with Val. It's like, you fucker, you fucker, this is, you put me in that fucking thing and did this. You know exactly what the fuck is going on. And, yeah, that's, yeah. She will keep okay. going in that manner until someone stops her. I don't know what you're talking about. You should release me. I am the organizer. 
Yeah, no, no, no. He was he was the organizer at the at the Blackthorn Haunt in Calgary too. Bell will shake this man and then lean in close to his ear <laughs> and say, <laughs> "You you see any fucking gang girl around here? Four of them in particular. Tell us where the fuck they are." I owe you no answers. This is my haunt. You are no one. You're n- eventually you no. You're gonna be me. no one in a fucking second if you don't answer fucking questions. All right. Well, I guess Val will just arm around him, then use her other hand and slide out a uh, a stake and shove it against the back of his back. You want to make it through this fucking night? You talk, you piece of shit. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's roll. Uh, that, that feels like a, a pretty solid intimidation. That was so smooth. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so that's definitely, I think, a brawn threat because you're definitely on top of uh, this this poor fucking idiot. Um, and then intimidation. So, so strength and intimidation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that and feels it's right. physical intimidation, Ryan. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah, this is. If this isn't, I don't know what is. All right, so that adds another dice for you. Here you go. Nice, nice, nice. I got three successes. And he got two. It looks like he's ready to stand up to you for a second, uh, and then his back starts to smoke through his coat uh, because you stabbed the point in, and it's silver. (gasps) And he's just like, eh... There are gangrels, there are gangrels, there are gangrels. You should let me go. You should let me go. I'll tell you anything. You you could be the boss. You can be the boss. I'm so sorry. Are you are you here from the children of Lilith? We're doing so well. I know it's the test night, but we're doing so well. Shut the fuck up. Walk us to those gangrel. You make a move, you're dust. Got uh, it. They're, they're, they're inside the haunt. If I go with you, they'll know something's wrong. What if I just let you in the front door and go home? Yeah, that's not gonna fucking work. You think I fucking trust you? He looks at it. <laughs> Val looks at Evangeline. Maybe you trust me. I, 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 I'll, I'll leave. It's like you... I don't fucking trust you. <laughs> With her finger in his face again. Right. Val's oh, gonna no. try to look at the sheriff and like head tilt. Like, we yeah. have to go. <laughs> I, th- I think at this point the sheriff. Uh, uh, will have uh, uh, kind of linked an arm with statuesque Doris uh, and say, uh, all right, Doris, we're heading over there. Do you have any kind of magical way to uh, conceal us uh, if we need it? No. All right, we'll just have to be discreet then. Come on, we'll head over. But, and on the way, she's going to kind of say, um, but if you need any answers, I can... uh, Take a take a fork and go uh, digging around in some brains. Well, that that sounds quite useful. Let's see how Val and Evangeline have managed here. Come on. Right. We'll head over. All right. So I'm imagining Val, you're just frog marching, Mister mm-hmm. Nosferatu, over to the haunt. Yeah, I think it she'll just look. There's nothing weird about this. You're just introducing us to them, right? I, this, this is not the the way. Everyone is so concerned because it's the testing night. It's wait, what? Wait, wait, what's a testing night? 
I mean, I can't say. Uh, Ooh, you could you be. You say. You, are, you say, and Evangeline puts like her hand on the stake to try to like push it in a little bit further. <laughs> Val, it's not gonna let that happen. <laughs> you have okay, to fight me. <laughs> Let's let's uh, let's try for this then. So uh, it's not Val, like it's not like to like kill him. It's just to like <laughs> put I, a little I know, pressure. But, but Val's resisting, and no one knows you, Evangeline. You've been on the team for ten <laughs> minutes. So uh, <laughs> Val, if you could roll a dexterity mm-hmm. and a subterfuge, uh, and Evangeline, who? Can I do a like a resolve and brawl? Yes. Okay. Yes, I will give you those. Okay. It's not, feels, it's not a great feels, brawl. Feels right for her mood. <laughs> All right, here we go. Two successes from me. Uh, three successes. All right. Evangeline, you do succeed. Uh, you reach for the stake and you drive it deeper, uh, more so than you'd intended because no. there is resistance. Not so much uh, okay. that you kill him. You don't actually know vampire mythology. Uh, this would only matter if you pierce the heart, except you do stab him with silver. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this, this is the test. I will pass the test. I will not fail. Praise Lilith. Again, what's the test? Are, are you doing something? Is the stake staying in? I'm just trying to get exactly the picture here. Um, uh, no, Evangeline releases, releases and kind of runs around in front of him and gets up in his face. Like, just, just tell me what the fucking test is. Don't stop talking of riddles. Uh, okay, can you roll me an intimidation uh, and strength? <laughs> Sure. I won. Uh, oh, that's only one die. It's a 10. So success. Unfortunately for you, Evangeline, you are a mortal looking woman who is shaking with <laughs> fury, but also it could read as fear. And you stepped away from the violence back towards the talking, none of which convinces the organizer that you have actual weight here. Uh, the organizer is now pushing further back against Val and saying, ah, I have spotted your game. I will succeed. The Blackthorn Haunt should remain here forever. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough fucking talking. Let's go. Where's your fucking door? And he just points to the door to hell that is the opening of the Blackthorn Haunt. Hi there, I'm Tom McGee, and I love stories. And odds are, if you're listening to our shows, you do too. So, if you're wondering how you can help support our storytelling and world building and these wonderful characters and their sometimes ridiculous journeys, you can head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. There you'll find a variety of different levels and different perks, starting from as low as a dollar, which gets you into our Patreon-only Discord, where you can talk about the latest episodes, all the twists and turns, and just generally hang out with some truly lovely people. There's a whole variety of levels with everything from advanced episodes, ad-free feeds, to, of course, at our $25 level, getting to create your very own character who appears in some of our shows and sometimes becomes a a long-running friend or foe of our characters. So, if you want to get involved, if you want to help us tell more of these stories, then head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B 
D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and help us create more of these fun adventures together. taking this guy with us <laughs> i'm not leaving this guy <laughs> all right uh sheriff can you roll me a wits and i would accept awareness or investigation wits and awareness or investigation all yes right. one hunger die Sorry, I got a lot of dice. (laughs) Okay, I got my pool. Here we go. Uh, Four successes. Four successes. It's clear that you're not going to get any answers about what the test is or what the children of Lilith are from this Nosferatu. And it's also, okay. It's also highly likely that, I mean, based on how the conversation went, it doesn't seem like this is going to turn around to become useful. And odds of getting to interrogate the card uh, family are relatively minimal because you hired Val and that kind of resolves a lot of that. Uh, And trying to take them alive here is a very bad idea with masquerade breaches. However, If you wanted to learn more about the test, you know from what the vampire said that security was involved, which may mean there are details about it up in that watch station. Do you want to continue with them on this specific mission, or do you want to try to get intel on what's happening in Vancouver? It will require you to split the party one way or the other. Uh, Don't want to split. Too dangerous. And we do not have protection here. Um, what uh, What do I know about um, executing vampires in terms of like silver stake in the heart. Like, are they ash and just gone? Or is there a whole dramatic screaming? They burst into flames. It's very conspicuous that we're murdering a vampire. <laughs> so vampires who die age immediately to the point where they were turned. So mm. they don't scream or burst into flames. But if you stake one in the heart with a silver stake, so what stakes traditionally do, if it was wooden, it just freezes them. They're immediately frozen in place. They can't move until it's removed. Mm -hmm. Silver will also do what we know for is like aggravated damage. So you basically get however tough they are. It's like they might last a minute with it burning through the center of them and then they're dead. They can't talk. They can't do anything. An extreme effort of will might allow them to like move their eyes left to right while they are okay. staked. So it is a slow death sentence, but the moment that they are there, if they're 100 years old, they're basically just going to turn to goo or dust. Uh, if they were turned more recently, you have a very human-looking corpse. Like, if they were turned this week, they would have a week's worth of decomposition occur. So okay. it's not loud, but it's not exactly sneaky either, because you do have something rapidly decomposing right in front of you, while also burning. Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right, so you approach the Hellmouth as yeah, the sheriff yeah. thinks. Yeah. Um, Taking this guy you, in with us. <laughs> yeah, you are you are waved forwards by security. The the organizer is tempted to yell to them, but he just feels that tip of that stake dig a little closer in his back, uh, and it is, the doors open, and you you all step inside, and the doors close behind you. You are thrust into pitch blackness. None of you can see anything, even with your supernatural senses. This is hmm. clearly a light, tight area. Uh, can you all roll me an 
a wits and an awareness. We're all here, right? Yes. Doris? I also would love, to, I think her instinctual um, goal would be to cast Sensi Unseen. Yep. Mm. What does that do mechanically? And yes, let's do it. Um, it's wits plus uh, specs, And it's basically like sensing hidden magic and hidden things. Great. Yeah, let's do it. So... I got one success. Uh, can you roll me a composure and I would say composure and streetwise? Me? Yes, please. Just you. I got two successes out of okay. three. <laughs> Ryan, what's a bestial failure? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a very good question and what that means is it, is it two ones and ones on a hunger dice oh, you nailed it <laughs> i think i might have one here oh. <laughs> this is gonna be fun so let's hear everybody else's results so i can balance all this out while i feel great joy in my heart i got three successes three successes i had Just... three successes but then also <laughs> once yeah and that's so all you of have... my dice so you have a bestial the, failure and minus one successes. <laughs> oh my god. So Val, as the door closes behind you and you are thrust into complete darkness with this vaguely misbehaving Nosferatu in your hands, uh, your beast comes to the fore. You're aware of how much security is outside and how much of everything else is going on. What I need you to do is figure out what compulsion overtakes you during this bestial failure. So can you roll me a d10? Got an eight. You got an eight, which is a paranoia compulsion, which feels very appropriate to this moment where you're worried about things yes. going bad. So what this means is uh, you are thinking you're in danger. Uh, you try to disengage from any perceived threat, suspecting anyone and anything. Any action not taken towards that immediate end incurs a two dice penalty. It ends when you have spent roughly an hour in a safe spot. So you are suspicious, extra <laughs> suspicious of anyone and everything trying to end or escape danger by any means. Uh, normally that would just mean like running, begging for your own life. You have no sense of dignity. I would say also for you, that would just mean choosing extreme violence at every point. <laughs> You're no longer capable of negotiating or taking hostages. You assume... Much in the sense of, like, being an expert of Krav Maga. Everything is a trap. Everything is a deadlier <laughs> weapon than you have in front of you. Uh, that assumption will remain with you from this point forwards. Uh, you're not safe in this haunt, so you got that till the end. Uh, anytime you try to be rational or not act to immediately eliminate a threat, will be at a minus two die penalty. You have a Nosferatu in your hands. I was uh, going to say, <laughs> I'll murder this fucker. I'll murder this man right now. He, The lights went out, and she's instantly like, you fuck, and she'll try to kill him. <laughs> oh, my God. Great. It's not even a try. You have a stake behind him. Uh, he just melts. He's not terribly tough to begin with, and you jam silver through his heart. So he's, while everyone else is trying to sense out the space, you silently murder the organizer. Uh, sheriff, you're probably, okay, so you, I know, Evangeline, what did you get on your composure roll? So I can. One success. One. Great. 
you are absolutely freaked out because this is taking you right back to where you were before. Uh You're used to having heightened senses as a vampire, being able to notice more things, being able to hear more things. It is not occurring in this space, which is absolutely terrifying because you do Mm -hmm. not, you can't sense a difference between now where you are much more dangerous than you were and where you were the first night that you went through this haunt. So that is very creepy and very bad. Almost like I'm being re-traumatized and this isn't a place I should be. Correct. Uh, (laughs) Sheriff, what was your role on yours for awareness? Three. Great. You can tell that a certain amount of this has been put upon. So what you are all hearing are uh, water dripping, the rustling of cloth or flesh. Everett, uh, or sorry, Sheriff Cross, you can tell that it's actually curtains that are being swung back and forth rustling. It's not anything more menacing. Uh, Doris, what was your role? Just so I have that in my brain as well. Uh, I got two successes. I, Great. But I so didn't, you, yeah, I rolled my my spell though. Oh, you did the spell. So that's different. Yeah. We'll come to you. Yeah. Um, you can also hear bats flying back and forth, flying close to faces being near you, little scratches. Uh, Sheriff Cross, you know that the bats are real. You also know that gangrels have an affinity for animals. So it's very possible that they could train bats to be a part of this exhibit. It would be very strange for bats in the dark to be flying up and like scratching people. Very strange. Uh, Doris, you are on the hunt for magic and you are not feeling any in this area, but slightly ahead, you can feel small pieces of trace magic. You would guess that it is the equivalent of potions or magic that has been put in vials. You don't sense any actual magic user level magic. There's the possibility that it's here and hidden if it's very high level, but having heard people climbing walls, you're aware that that can be kind of tubed up and sold as necessary. So you're not sensing any large, deadly threats. Okay. Uh, Sheriff Cross, the thing that really throws you as you're moving forwards is when you hear the organizer rapidly decompose and die. You just hear <laughs> meat hitting the ground and then turning oh, to oh, dust. Oh. And you all move forwards as things go on. How, how is everybody doing? What are they doing? Um, I think Val is like stalking forward at the front, basically like, I want this to be over with. I want to get through this. I've fucked this whole place. So just however fast and pushing forward she can to get to wherever's next to get the fuck out of this place. Uh, Evangeline's been kind of beside Val and this no longer vampire. Uh, (laughs) I think she senses Val's movements and that they're kind of frantic, and that just ups her her panic. Uh, so she's going to start doing the same. And uh, Doris is walking more like her hands are going to be outstretched because she's like, ooh, maybe I can snatch some little potions if there are potions. So she's going to be kind of walking around, <laughs> like, lightly reaching for things to see if she can steal some shit. Great. Uh- I think Doris feels Sheriff Cross's uh, hand just come for her her wrist uh, to gently guide her, uh, uh, and 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 he's calling out to Val and Evangeline, saying, uh, uh, "Hey, hey, slow down, you two. Hey, we're staying together." And is there any any response to that from you two? There might be, but first we have to see if they both fall down. So could you both <laughs> please roll me Dex and awareness? Dex and awareness. Okay. Uh, two successes. Three successes. How many successes, Val? Three successes. Three successes. It's dark and real slippery, uh, and you're both completely freaked out. 
you both wipe out side by side, falling to the floor, spraying yourself with something sticky that your hands have landed in. Uh, and you both immediately realize that it has the smell of blood. For you, again, Evangeline, this takes you back. You realize that you were every one of these beats you have somehow forgotten and rings true as completely the past. This is where you fell. Yeah. And around you, fluorescent lights flicker on. And Evangeline, you see the same slaughterhouse morgue that you were a part of. Right. Doris, you were reaching out towards an eviscerated corpse on a table and are about to touch it. Sheriff, you're taking in the scene. Evangeline and Val, you are just split, sprayed with blood. Your hands are coated in it. It's spattered. It's there. Uh, Val, you dropped your stake, but you can pick it up again. It's not like it's rolled away in a sort of punishing way. But the thing you can all smell is these corpses are fucking real. This mm -hmm. is not a lie. So there are tables set up, and you see a number of what look like corpses set out for, for general massacre. You can see people dressed as hospital staff who've also been massacred around these traditional autopsy tables and a number of people who have been shredded enough that they very well could have just been regular citizens going through in street clothes. And to the yeah. right, you can see a wall full of the coolers that you would see for bodies in a traditional morgue setup. And there is a door leading forwards at the far end of the room. And you all start to hear pounding against the cooler doors. What do you do? That was uh, going to pick up her stake and then move towards the wall and look, try and start looking for doors. Like she's just next out trying to feed that style. I am climbing onto the ceiling. Thank you very much. Uh, Evangeline is just kind of uh, spluttering as she tries to get up. She's going, the beast, the beast, the beast, the beasts. Uh, and, and she is going to back away from the coolers into the corner of the room. Evangeline, you do have a gun. Would you draw it? No, because Evangeline isn't used to having a gun, and in her panic, she absolutely would have forgotten about it. Fabulous. Evangeline's in the corner panicking. Val is also in a corner, like, towards the door, panicking. <laughs> Doris has climbed onto the roof. Sheriff, what are you doing? Uh, I'm in, like, the middle of the room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so everything here stinks of breach, so... I mean, we we have to make it out of here alive. So there's less, I think. Um, I, I can't think of the the word on top on off the top of my head right now. But uh, uh, oh, can you roll me a wits and a politics? Okay, politics. I see. I have zero in that. Perfect. Uh, give the <laughs> sheriff. The sheriff would have uh, three in it. Okay. Do you want reduced wits or anything like that? Because wits is a strong Everett. No, he's he's clever okay. and he knows his politics. Uh, okay. He's way older than Everett or anyone else on this team. He's just a very informed vampire. He's a real sheriff. He didn't just get loaded off a truck and get told he was sheriff. One ten. Uh. I think I need more than 110 for any kind of yep. thing, right? Okay. So then just three successes. Three successes. So is that three dice and one of them is a 10? Three dice, one of them is a 10, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep. So you are you you know this. Uh, this is a relatively uh, low check anyways. With the sheer number of masquerade breaches outside and a whole bunch of people who have been killed in this room tonight, something is fucked in Vancouver. At this point, if you are in this building... You don't need to follow the, oh, we don't want to mess with the local Camarilla laws. This is the, like, safety's off. 
Yeah, that's experience. that's where I was going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to confirm uh, that politically you would know that. Perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, that's reassuring then as well. So it's it's not just so much a gut instinct call as it is like no, like the rules would allow me <laughs> to act in this way. Also, um, you're so also a moral undead being. Yeah. So this would be extremely troublesome to the sheriff as a person. Sure. Right. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. This is innocent people slaughtered. And, and their remains cast about kind of flaunting it under this guise of a Halloween haunted house. Um, so he's drawing his revolver. Um, and with the most authority he can muster, uh, uh, he will say, uh, um, all right, everyone cool it. We all need to work together to get out of here. On your feet. And with me, together. Can you roll me a composure and a leadership? Okay. Uh, leadership it will, not, will be five. I was going to say, it will not shock you to know that Everett has no leadership. <laughs> I know, but the sheriff is a very yeah. good leader. Uh, four successes. Four successes. That is pretty good. Uh, the only person I need a roll from is Val. <laughs> Val, could you roll me a composure? Uh, no, actually, yeah, yeah, composure and performance. And it has to be at a minus two penalty. If that takes That's, you to zero dice, you just can't pass this and it doesn't work. There's just, I, that takes me to one dice. <laughs> oh, well, then roll that one. Let's see what happens. It's an eight. That's a win for me. <laughs> cool. You feel emotions that make you want to do what he says, but you're not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> Evangeline and Doris, you both, I think, can be somewhat centered by what he said. Yeah. Evangeline, you remember your gun. That That's the free yeah, that he I, gives you. I, and, yeah, absolutely. Seeing the sheriff, like him grabbing her attention like that and then seeing his gun out definitely jogs her memory and, and, she, and she draws it for sure. Doris just drops from the ceiling in front of them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we we have a job to do here, and we are in officially in enemy territory. That means doing anything we need to do to survive, anything we need to do to help each other, anything we need to get out of here, anything we need to do to catch the Card family. Val, Val, come off the wall. Come on now. And that's when the cooler doors burst open. And out of each of them comes tearing forwards, nude blood and gore caked figures that are sprinting directly towards you. Those who have ranged weapons drawn, which would be Everett and Evangeline, you can shoot if you want. And then they are just going to be on top of you. Yeah. Yeah. Should Everett immediately. Yeah. Everett immediately wheels around. And as he raises weapon, just says, kill him. So Great. it's decks and firearms, decks and firearms for shooting. Yes. Uh, so Evangeline in present day has two ranks in firearms. Yeah, I would say you you talked about previously having experience as a newscaster with that. Yeah, so I would okay. give you that. Also, honestly, this isn't complicated firearms work. You're firing a handgun at someone coming at you from less cool. than 10 feet away. All right. Uh, three successes for Evangeline. Two successes for Sheriff Cross. 
Oh, wow. Wow. Tremendous, tremendous dog shit. Uh, <laughs> I did not know which way that was going to go for a second. Just, just the defense is uh, a bestial failure. So you're seeing them sprint towards you, but in a, a panicked sense, in a way that they don't have the control that you thought they would. And what you're actually seeing is them forming animal features as they sprint towards you. You're seeing fangs lengthen. You're seeing ears turn to animal ears. You're seeing claws appear on hands. But it's making them much clumsier than they would otherwise be. So for both of you, we take the number of successes that you rolled, which if you can remind me again. Three. Go ahead, Laura. And two. Three successes, and you're both firing pistols, which are plus two. So that's five and three. Uh, oops, wait. Three becomes five. Two becomes four. Okay. So you manage to peg two of them for significant damage with silver bullets just hammering into them as people. Yes. They, they are screeching now as they sprint towards you. The one who took the five damage, which we'll say is the figure in the center, they all seem vaguely identical with the sheer amount of gore caking them as beings, falls back. Uh, the other two continue to advance, one of which bowls into you, Sheriff, uh, as seeming the most planted and capable. Doris, did you say you went back up to the roof again, or are you still on the ground? I just want to know where uh, Doris I haven't is. done anything, but that was my plan, is to just scurry back up to the ceiling and then cast um, Compel from there. I like it. So nice. there's one tangling with the sheriff. One looks like they're running towards Doris, who just jumps to the roof, uh, and they advance further forwards uh, and go after Evangeline. So Evangeline and the sheriff, could you roll me either a strength or dexterity, depending on how you want to defend yourselves from close-up violence, uh, and brawl. Uh, so Everett has a point in brawl when fighting Kindred. I don't know how you want that to play out with Yeah, I would Sheriff play that. I would say the same. The, sher okay. the sheriff's just really fucking capable. Like, right. they, the fact that they let him go weapons off in this, like, if you'd stayed outside, it'd be a real different game. But no, we're getting <laughs> nasty expert-level Kindred in here. Hmm. Okay. So that's one level in brawl. Yep. Okay. Oh, nice. Man, with all these dice, I'm rolling like shit. Two successes. Two successes for me also. Unfortunately, you are both being bowled over by the feral ferocity oh, of these gore-drenched monsters who are attacking you with their, their fingers that have fused into claws. Can so I, you both... I, oh, go for it. Sorry, I just re remembered something on Everett's... Uh, uh, thing where he does have uh, a presence feature called Daunt. Mm -hmm. um, attacking me requires a resolve and composure roll of difficulty two. Oh, interesting. Yeah, let, is let's that Everett? Everett, you said? Yeah, that's Everett's we'll, sheet. Yeah, oh. we'll let it play out. It's a cool idea. Oh yeah, because you're using basically the same stats. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the sheet oh. I'm using with. Oh man, with... they fucking crushed that though. So nope, they're okay. not afraid of you, motherfuckers, cool. at all. After you <laughs> shot a full of silver bullets, <laughs> so they okay. storm forwards, uh, and you will both take. Three superficial damage, which is automatically halved, so it'll be two superficial. So that's one line through the box, not not the X. Uh, and the last one was injured and is hanging back. Doris, I believe you wanted to compel someone. So I who do. would you like to compel? There's um, someone attacking Everett, or it's attacking Sheriff Cross. There's someone attacking Evangeline, and there's an injured one that is hanging back from the rest of the group. Oh, the one attacking the sheriff, for sure. How do you get their attention from the roof? 
Oh, right. I forgot about that. Um, hmm. Can I throw something at it? <laughs> Hell I'll throw, yes. I'll throw my hat at it. <laughs> Amazing. I would love a dexterity, and I would accept melee, I would accept firearms, or I would accept brawl. Oh, well, we're going to go with melee because it's the only one I have anything in. Oh, wow. Uh, one, two, three successes. Oh, yeah. You you land that hat, hit that beast with it. Not quite landing directly on their head as though they were wearing the hat, but you do tag them in the head with it and they glare up at you in the midst of what they're doing. Cool. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm just going to compel it to uh, um, like probably kill another kill kill its buddies great let's nice. go for it so what, do, what are you rolling for that and what am i defending with um i roll charisma and dominate and it's uh versus its intelligence and resolve okay one two three four successes you succeed get to give it some instructions this turn nice so kill what is the exact phrase that is that is said in spooky? It hears its own voice in its mind saying it to itself as you use your horror magic. <laughs> I think it just hears, um, if you wouldn't mind, <laughs> eat your eat your friend's brains. Can you roll me a d6? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not a d6. <laughs> I'd take a d10 if you do, whatever you got. Um, yeah, I don't have a d6 on me. Um, I'll roll a d10. That is a four. And it looks up at you and just says, I mind. Uh, and it just goes back to attacking the sheriff because you did say, if you mind, would you do this? What? So it has can the I, ability to mind. Can I take an opportunity where it's paused like that? Oh, 100%. Yes. Something? Okay. <laughs> Because I also do have celerity, so I can move fast. Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. Okay. If it's looking up, I would just like the barrel of the gun to go under the chin and I squeeze the trigger. Yeah, I'll give you that one for free. I think that would definitely happen because okay. it's at least caught up in the psychic battle. So okay. that, that is a, a classic blam, uh, and we got a dead monster. So that <laughs> And on the ceiling, Doris is like, it found a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> just tossing this vampire carcass off of him and groaning as he gets to his feet he'll just say phrasing doris and he'll get up while he's saying that val what have you been doing man i val is torn between getting into the fray and getting away which i think is just it's hurting her brain uh, but i'm assuming that this door is is not open like this door is locked the door to go into the next area, you can go through. It is unlocked. You test the door and it's open. Man, I, maybe I should do a roll for this of whether she should just run or if she should help fight. Great. What do you think? That's where I'm torn. Are you evenly split? Yeah, I think it's like 50-50 for me. Let's do it. Let's do a D10. Okay. Uh, six or up. You stay and fight. Five or down. You book it. Great. I rolled a seven. All right, you can stay and fight then. So Val is throwing herself at the monster that is on Clark. And because she's just not being rational, she is just grabbing and like animal fight punching, like 
It doesn't even draw her gun, even though that would be better right now. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So let's let's roll them bones. Let's see what she got die wise. Right. This will be strength and brawl. Can I have a grapple since I'm grabbing this vampire and rolling around on the ground? <laughs> yes. I will give it to you if you can describe it to me in a way that sounds like a wrestling move. Because we've allowed that with Ridley. So as long as it's clear how you're doing the damage in a grappling sense, I'm with Full you. Full Nelson. Full Nelson. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's that she's going to try to dive and like Lion King style push this <laughs> push this vampire onto the ground, but then stepping on their chest and trying to rip their leg off. Like, she's Amazing. on the opposite. Yeah. Roll, roll it out. The classic wrestling move of knock down, pull leg off. You know, it happens in so <laughs> many WWE Thing. matches. I've seen it. They just don't go the whole leg off. It's, it usually stops before it comes off. It's this true. They do. They, they, they just phone it in when compared to Val. Okay, this is a weird roll. Okay, it's not nothing on the hunger dice, but I rolled two tens and two ones, and then two more successes. So I guess this is just normal. <laughs> this is just those two plus two minus yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. So it was like count the dice. That okay, all so maps out to one, two, two successes. Three, four. So four successes is, and then two tens and two ones, <laughs> but oh, no wow. hunger dice. So, so you rolled a lot of dice. Yeah, I the did two tens and the two ones cancel each other out, and you still have four successes. Correct. <laughs> All right, Jesus uh, Christ, <laughs> plan to her strengths. I'd, I'd love to say something else, but you you <laughs> pin this vampire down and rip their leg off. They have no more <laughs> leg. Uh, they are they are bleeding explosively, and then they <laughs> decompose. Uh, there is one vampire at the back still panicking, uh, and they turn to run uh, out the front, just screeching at the top of their lungs. What do you all do? Can I, I tell it to Val stop? Try to get it. Uh, you would have to be able to get its attention. It is running away. So it'd be That's a hell hard. of a, a leap to try to get the eye contact. Cross will open fire. Great. Cross. Let's, let's hear you take the shot, buddy. Bang. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you get one bonus die for that sound effect. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Uh, yeah, it's like this. Okay. Oh, these are big dice pools, but these are shit rolls. One. One success. Still I mean, booking it away, which Val, did you run after this vampire? Yeah, I think Val's gonna run after this vampire. It, she just looks terrible because now she has leg blood on her. She fell in blood and she's just a half of this run is like almost all fours and then push off off of the ground. Try to grab this guy. Can you roll me a strength and athletics? Sure. I shouldn't be complaining about these low yield rolls, given <laughs> what I know can happen. Yeah. With even one hunger die. Three successes. Three successes. Uh, you sprint forwards, uh, lash out with the severed leg in your hand as it's decomposing, uh, and knock this vampire down. Can you roll me a resolve and a resolve and politics? Resolve and investigation. That's it. Resolve and investigation. Sure. 
Here it is. Ooh, two successes. Two successes. That is a good amount, but this would innately have a minus two dice roll. How many die did you roll? I rolled three dice. Yeah. So, yeah. so you fail. Uh, you trip this vampire, and they would be very useful for you to take alive, but due to your panic-driven state, you just brutally murder them. How do you murder them? <laughs> yeah, it's a takedown, and then just lifting up the head and smashing it into the ground over and over until it's just <laughs> spatter nice. underneath her. And it seems for a moment like the scene is over until Evangeline, you look to the left and blurring into place, you see a vampire that you recognize. And not even entirely in a conscious sense, but you feel a, a twisted sense of kinship in the blood in your body responding to the sight of this vampire. And they are in the same duster and the same hat as when they attacked you in the alley. And he looks you in the eye and just says, you killed my whole goddamn family. Uh, and he is bringing up a shotgun towards your torso. What do you do? Uh, the gun that is still up, which has pointed towards uh, the place where the previous vampire was that she shot, just automatically swings around and like, she's going to shoot him. Like the minute he start, he opens his mouth. She's like, yeah. Great. <laughs> Let's roll for Heroic. it. I dig all of this. Uh, roll with dexterity and firearms. I'm going to give you a bonus die for being up close. And cool. I am going to say uh, you, I'm going to require, because I think you would do this instinctually, which would be you would also rouse to do this. So you'll have an additional die from the rouse. Okay. Uh, but it will automatically cost you the hunger point because okay. of the kinship that you're finding with your sire. It's unnatural and you hate it. So it's, okay. it's so something I'm gonna, you're looking against. I'm going to have two hunger then. Yes, you'll have two hunger okay. on this roll. Uh, one, two, three successes. Three successes. Let's see. How your friend does. I have a backup plan. It <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> you get lucky. It works. Uh, he just says, you killed my whole goddamn. And you just shoot through his mouth and out the back of his head. Uh, and he staggers backwards and his shotgun goes off into the floor. And there is just black blood pouring out of this vampire's face as he hits the floor and you are standing over him and clearly he can't talk. He's just looking up at you with shock and panic. Evangeline, what do you do? Evangeline empties the rest of her clip into him. Uh, and once that's done, she kneels over him, like basically straddles him and just starts pulping what's left of his flesh with her bare uh, hands with her fists with her bare hands and she is just screaming uh it's just a very visceral primal scream the rest of you watch this <laughs> as it unfurls to the point where the body has decomposed and evangeline is punching the ground so hard that she is punching holes into the tile underneath and then into the concrete below that until finally she stands up. And Sheriff, you run the numbers. You have four corpses. And with what 
the final vampire was yelling, this is the card family. And that's when you all start hearing screams from outside. And you move outside cautiously and together with Val responding with extreme violence and equal terror at the lead. Uh, And when you get outside, what you see is the world is aflame. Outside the fences and moving into the property is white fire. Uh, This you would recognize from your various combat histories as white phosphorus. This has been set up. Oh, God. Something has happened and it is burning through. The vampires in the security are being, they're they're battling each other. They're trying to get out. Figures from the crowd are attacking them. Uh, And you just book it for the exits. Clearly, this is designed to be a massacre. Something has gone wrong. If you had to guess, they failed the test, whatever it was tonight. Uh, And you are booking it at the exit. Uh, And as you make your way back to the airport immediately from here, you're not fucking around in Vancouver anymore. As you are exiting the compound, Sheriff Cross, you look back. And on the roof of a nearby warehouse, watching this place burn down, is a woman dressed all in black, standing with black beads hanging down over her face, watching the Blackthorn haunt burn. And then you turn and exit knowing that justice has been done in this case. And Evangeline has proven herself surprisingly capable, both at meeting the Camarilla's goals and at having great commitment, if not great experience. You also know that something has gone terribly wrong in Vancouver. And this will be a report that you need to give. There is a threat in the distance, and it will threaten the plans of what is to come. Which means you need a strong sheriff's department. Maybe you can talk Val into joining. Maybe there are other vampires you can find. But the first person you're most confident in being able to recruit is sitting next to you on this plane. So it's time for you to talk to Evangeline Clark about a possible future in law enforcement. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan Laplante at The Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. 
D&D and things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.